Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is the final day of July, July 31st, 2017. My name is Philip Rosmanike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Coming to you on a Monday, a short week for me, a very short week for me as I will be going on vacation. So there will be an episode today. I'm tentatively planning to do a Facebook Live episode for Tuesday. So I'll be recording it Monday at probably, I'm thinking around 5 p.m. I'll host it up on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. So if you want to interact, I'm going to make it kind of a, a general grab bag, mailbag. I have my mailbag questions uh, and my Orlando Magic Daily mailbag will publish on Monday afternoon. So I'll answer some of those questions, answer some of your questions live. So tentatively, uh, I'll announce if it's canceled, um, but tentatively, 5 o'clock Monday afternoon, Join us on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page for an Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live experiment, uh, which I will then convert to a podcast on Tuesday. And then I'm on vacation for the rest of the week. I will be back again Monday, next Monday, for more episodes of Locked on Magic. As we're getting into August, things are going to begin to dry up on the news front, so I may take a podcast off from time to time. I may not be daily throughout the month of August, heading into maybe the first couple weeks of September, Uh, but... Uh, trying to try to recharge the battery a little bit before the season begins. And, you know, I know one thing that always gets my battery charged, and that's going out to see a game or a concert. And there's a few of them out there that, that I am wanting to, that I want to go see and want to attend. And, of course, the best way for me to get tickets to that is to go through our pals over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better way. Better, simpler way, in fact, to buy. And that's with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I have found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA, that's a new code, LONBA, 
for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. With that out of the way, let's dive into our topics for today. I got three that I want to talk about. I'm going to talk a little bit about Eurobasket, which is coming up at the end of the month. One month, actually, actually exactly one month from today, uh, we will have Eurobasket stuff from actual basketball that we'll be able to watch. I'll, I'll don't worry, I'll cover Eurobasket pretty hard, uh, like I have other international tournaments. Then I want to talk a little bit about Ken Birch, who I did not talk about on Friday's episode of Locked On Magic. Give him some some love. Tell you a little bit about about Magic's new signee there. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about homecomings because it was a homecoming week for Orlando and perhaps uh, some of the, the warm feelings and some of the warnings of a player coming home. But the best place to start here is with Eurobasket and the news that became official. And really, news that's become official, we will have a good reason to watch Eurobasket this August and September as the best teams in Europe get together for their big continental tournament. The one player who will not be playing, and this is as expected, Mario Azonia was officially left off the Croatian national team roster. He will not participate in Eurobasket this year after participating in the Olympics to, uh, last year and Eurobasket two years ago for Croatia. This will officially be a full summer without international basketball duty for Mario Hazonia, which Hazonia told us that he was going to do this uh, toward the end of last season. I actually talked to him a little bit when the draw came out because Croatia and Montenegro were put in the same group. Uh, and even then, it seemed like Azonia wasn't so sure about playing for the national team this year. Not that not that there seemed to be any issues with the coaching staff or anything else, uh, but it definitely felt like Azonia needed some time for himself. He needed some time to focus on his own game because, as we all know, summer is when players really put in the work to improve their games. It's when they have all the time in the world, no games, nothing else. They can really just focus on themselves, not necessarily what the team needs, but focus on their themselves and improve their game. And you see players take huge leaps in the summer. Essentially, for the last two summers, Mario Zonia has had that taken away from him. He had to spend his summer playing a role. And his rookie year, maybe that didn't matter so much. He wasn't going to play Summer League his rookie year anyway because his, his Euro, Euro League games finished just before Summer League started. Um, it, it, he was just, just kind of going to get thrown into the fire and be a wide-eyed kid. But... I think last summer it really hurt him not to not to have any summer really. He didn't really have any time to work on his own game. They always say uh, a player's biggest improvement comes between his rookie and sophomore year because he knows what to expect. Uh, he knows he really knows where his weaknesses and his games are and his game is and how he can help the team. But last summer his only didn't get to play in summer league. He didn't really even get to work on his own game because by mid early July. He had to be prepping for the FIBA qualifying tournament just for Croatia to make the Olympics. And he played in that, and he played okay. And then he played in the Olympics and played okay there. I mean, he averaged, what, seven points per game in the Olympics? Let me, I got this pulled up here. Uh, you know, last year averaged 4.9. He actually averaged nine points per game, made 12 of his 24 three-pointers in the Olympics. So, you know, it really looked like things were looking good for Hazonia heading into the season. But of course, he really struggled last year. 4.9 points per game played, only 65 games, 14.8 minutes per game. He was essentially out of the rotation uh, for most of the season. This is not what you want to see from a fifth overall pick. And, you know, Hazonia is not, not an excuses guy. Um, I don't think he, I think he would say that that was still on him, that he needed to show more. But he definitely 
agreed that playing for the national team hurt his individual growth just a little bit. You know, for Croatia, he essentially was a spot-up shooter. He just stood in the corner, took threes, and he made the international threes. In the NBA, it's not that the Magic Grass asking him to do more, but the NBA, he just he just couldn't make that adjustment back to the NBA, which I think is probably a bigger concern. I mean, I just I, I have a general observation, and I think I even noticed this his first trip in summer league uh, in, in, in his rookie year. He and, and I, at that time I attributed it to he's you know adjusting to a new line. I kind of think Hazonia struggles with the NBA three point line. I think that that his range is not quite at the NBA three point line, and he shot only twenty nine point nine percent from beyond the arc last year. So maybe there's something to that. But Hazonia I think needed a summer to kind of regain his confidence and, and pick up his skills. Playing for the national team again. Uh, well, I, I'm not against any player playing for the national team. If they have the opportunity, they should absolutely do it. You only get so many years to represent your national team. You should do it. And it means a lot to these guys. It, I mean, you, yeah, just, just ask Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier, who I'll talk about in a moment, how much it means to play for the national team. They, they want to play for their national teams. But I think Hazonia made the right call here, staying home, working on his own game. He said he said after the season ended, he was going to take some vacation time, maybe go home for a week or two. But largely, he was going to spend his time in Orlando with the coaching staff, working on his game, trying to get better. His coach, his shooting coach, was going to come in. Uh, he's, he was working to make his game better, and so I think this is the right call for him to to not participate in EuroBasket and focus on himself. But the Magic will have some interest in EuroBasket this summer, and and of course, we'll cover it when it happen when it starts. August 31st, Eurobasket will, will begin, uh, and the Magic will have two players taking part in Eurobasket, or it appears so now. The preliminary rosters were released by many of the teams. I, I did do some digging around to, to try and find them, and as expected, Nikola Vucevic is the headliner for the Montenegro national team. This is Montenegro's first Eurobasket since 2013. Vucevic played for Montenegro in qualifying games last summer, it is a very big deal for Montenegro to make Eurobasket. They're not about they're not a traditional basketball power. So this is a a big, big, big moment for that for that country and for that basketball program. Um Nikola Vucevic had you know had some strife with the previous coach um for Montenegro. They've changed coaches now. Nikola Pekovic, you know, is not playing there anymore um because of his injuries. So this is really Nikola Vucevic's team. And and last summer, he showed a little bit better ability to make three-pointers at the international level. Uh, so it, it does, you know, I, I'm not expecting much from Montenegro as far as the tournament goes. They're, they're, just kind of, they're kind of one of those teams that's just happy to be there. But Vucevic will play uh, as expected. Uh, Evan Fournier was also named to the French national team roster. France actually does have a chance to win this thing. Um, but Fournier had, had a little bit of a... I wouldn't call it a falling out, but a little friendly disagreement with French coach Vince Collet. Last summer, of course, he took the FIBA qualifying, the Olympic qualifying tournament off last summer as he was working on getting his contract with the Magic. Once that was squared away, he declared himself ready to play for the Olympics, and the, and Collet left him off the roster, deciding to go with uh, the rotation that, that qualified, even though he added Rudy Gobert and Nicholas Batum. Actually, I think Nicholas Batum played in the qualifying tournament, but he added Rudy Gobert to the roster, uh, which did not leave Evan very happy from from all reports. Uh, but it does appear that Fournier is back in good graces and is going to play in Eurobasket this September. 
we will be doing complete coverage of that when we get a little bit closer in a couple weeks. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on those 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 players as Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic will play in Eurobasket this summer. Turning our attention back to the Orlando Magic, then uh, we took you know we got to meet some of the new guys on Thursday with Aaron Aflalo and Marie Spates coming coming in, but. One of the new guys that that everyone just kind of felt like was this this literally international man of mystery uh, was forward Kem Birch. Uh, Kem Birch went to, to went to UNLV, uh, had kind of an up and down college career, went undrafted, played for the Sioux Falls Sky Force for a little bit, was in the Miami Heat organization, and then just kind of fell off the map a little bit. Um, then you know had to go overseas, play his trade, played really really well with Olympiacos, and now the wheel has turned back for him. The wheel has turned back to allow Kim Birch back into the NBA. He had a great run with uh, Olympiacos, leading them to the Euro, Euro or helping guide them to the Euro Cup Finals, Euro League Finals. He averaged 7.3 points and 5.7 rebounds per game in Euro League play last year. Not impressive statistics, but he is very much one of those hustle players that just kind of makes teams work. He's got good, uh, good uh, for for power forward especially. He's kind of a six nine four five. He's not much of a jump shooter. He's kind of a garbage man on on the backboard. But what he does really well uh, is his defense. He's a good shot blocker. Um, he can chase down guys. He can switch on pick and rolls a little bit and guard guards and blow up pick and rolls that way. And and of course, that's something that the Magic are looking looking for from him. So why does Ken Birch? A guy who is really making a good living in, in in Europe, playing playing for top team in Europe. Why does Ken Birch decide to leave all that? Why does he ask for a buy, get his buyout to the NBA? Why does he take a non guaranteed deal, according to Keith Smith, the real GM, to play for the Orlando Magic, a team that's loaded at center with Vucevic, Bismack Biombo, and Marie Spates, and seems pretty full of power for too with Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac? Why does he come here? Because the NBA wheel turns only so often, and when it's open, you gotta take your chance. I mean, uh, it's been my dream for a, a long time since I was a kid. Uh, went overseas for a couple of years, and then I realized that I'm ready right now. I wasn't ready uh, a few years ago, but you know that experience has helped me a lot. Has made me a mature, more mature person, and now I think I'm ready. When a Person is is ready for the NBA is really kind of an odd thing. I I, I do have to do have to say, because when you look at the typical path to the NBA, guys get into the NBA when they're 19, 20, 21 years old and are expected to be professionals. And and some guys, whether it's talent, whether it's body maturity, just aren't ready for that. You see uh, several examples of of this where a guy makes that NBA, tries to get that NBA job right out of college or right after his college experience and gets there and is just not ready and they have to go kind of find their way elsewhere and come back. I mean, uh, actually a good example of this would be a a magic scout, Anthony Parker, who, you know, kind of struggled coming out of college playing in the NBA, went and played for Maccabi Tel Aviv for a few years, came back and had a pretty solid career. I mean, he was never anything more than a journeyman, but, but pretty solid career nonetheless. Ken Birch kind of falls into that uh, into that mold where he's someone who maybe wasn't ready physically to play in the NBA when he came out of college, but playing against men, you know, 
cliche here, but playing against men, playing against adults professionally has changed his outlook and changed his preparation and gotten him to a point where he feels he's ready to make this NBA leap. At this point, it's not exactly clear what Ken Birch's role is going to be. He's not likely to get uh, 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 any minutes. I mean, he's going to have to fight to even make this roster. He made it pretty much sound like he had a non-guaranteed contract on, on Thursday when he talked to the media, uh, and he pretty much, and he said even then, you know, nothing's guaranteed to me. I have to go out and get it. Well, according to Keith Smith of Real GM, his contract is fully non-guaranteed for the first season. I'm trying to pull up the details here real fast. Um, Ken Birch's contract with the Magic is apparently only $25,000 guaranteed then 50% guaranteed if he makes the opening night roster. The second year is fully non-guaranteed. According to the new collective bargaining agreement, if I'm not mistaken, that means Birch would be eligible for a two-way contract. And if you ask me, it seems like the Magic are giving him this guarantee to to come to camp and work out with the team. If he makes the roster, fantastic, if, if, if he's good enough to do that. If not, it certainly sounds like they want to keep him on the Lakeland Magic, keep him in the system, give him another go next year perhaps, uh, to, or give him a two-way contract for the chance to play a little bit at the NBA level. This is just speculation on my part, but it certainly seems that's the direction the Magic are trying to go with him. I think that that is, I think it's kind of crazy that Ken Birch did that, uh, leaving Olympiacos to go for a two-way contract just because of the money involved. But at the same time, I think that's a good way. This is a good place for Ken Birch. See if he's really ready. See if he's really taken a leap. See if he's really improved off his first stint in the NBA. Because frankly, the NBA does not uh, does not wait for people. If there's an NBA opportunity and you pass it up, it may not come again. That's that's the reality of this. And it seems like Ken Birch. Uh, realized he missed his chance the first time just because he wasn't ready for it. And when this second opportunity came around, he felt more prepared, he felt ready for it, and he's taking a chance on himself to make the NBA because the NBA is still the NBA. You know, I mean, the G League's the G League, which, you know, gets you... The thing about the G League is it it keeps you on NBA radars because you're so easily accessible. You take a little bit of a financial hit to play in the G League, but you stay on NBA people's radars because you're right there, especially if you're within the same program. So I think that with with the way things work for the Magic, for the way thing, things work for Birch, that this is a chance that Birch was willing to take because he feels ready for this opportunity. The NBA wheel has spun around to him, uh, and he's ready to take those reins and take this opportunity and take this chance. I don't know if Birch makes the roster because of that logjam in the front court, but I think a two-way contract is a good way to keep him involved in the program, keep him close by, keep your right, keep some rights to him, and give him another try next year when maybe this logjam has been cured because Maurice Spates is obviously a one-year deal, uh, and you got you know who knows what's going to happen with the rest of the roster beyond that. This week in Orlando was. An interesting week of introductions, though. It wasn't just Ken Birch. It was Marie Spates. It was Aaron Aflalo. And, and it was, you know, those were the, the, the undercards. Sorry. Sorry, Magic fans. Those were the undercards. 
because the big return, the big, big signing, big news that happened uh, this this week was the return of Dom Dwyer to Orlando City. And I don't talk a lot about Orlando City on here. I am an Orlando City fan. I am an Orlando guy. I'm going to probably do some Orlando-centric stuff in August just, just to pass the time. But, or, you know, or, the, the, the Dom Dwyer return made me think about something very, very interesting. It's the same way that the Aaron Aflalo return made, made me think about something very, very interesting, or at least interesting to me. A lot of this stuff is interesting to me, or observations that, that I find interesting or think about. You know, as I was watching the Gold Cup Finals, more soccer stuff for you. So I was watching the Gold Cup Final. Um, you know, they showed the highlight, the, the video clip of Dom Dwyer being greeted by Orlando City fans. I joked on Twitter, you know, where is the, where, where are we meeting Aaron Aflalo at the airport? Um, you know, hundreds of Orlando City fans went to the airport to welcome Dom Dwyer back to Orlando. For those that don't know, Orlando City used to be the USL, a USL pro team, which is the third division of the American soccer tree. It's really second. It's like there's a 2A and a 2B. It was 2B on the American soccer tree. And Orlando had a loan agreement for Dom Dwyer with Sporting Kansas City. And Dwyer just tore it up in Orlando. He was an amazing goal scorer, still is an amazing goal scorer, but just, just tore it up. I think he set the USL record for goals and didn't even play the whole season. He gets called back up to Sporting Kansas City. He actually got sent back down. He actually got loaned down to Orlando City for one game to play the USL Championship game. He scored four goals in a 7-4 victory in 2013. And, and that year was really the year that Orlando City's MLS bid became very serious. I think they had 20,000 at that championship game against Charlotte. Uh, and Dom Dwyer was just absolutely beloved by everyone. Like the, 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 the fact that he was met at the airport by you know, hundreds of fans was not surprising because Dom, because the Orlando City fans love Dom Dwyer. And even to some extent, that love affair just continued on when Orlando City moved to MLS. Adrian Heath, the former manager of Orlando City, was actually fined for tampering for saying, oh, we would love to explore bringing Dom Dwyer back to his spiritual home. And, you know, you just sense this belonging with Dwyer and and, New, and Orlando City. You didn't really sense that with Aaron Aflalo, but but to see, you know, Aaron Aflalo, you know, the way Aaron Aflalo talked about returning to Orlando. He said, I wanted to come back to Orlando. It was definitely in my mind uh, when I started free agency. This is where I was at my best, and things have gone south since then. And Aflalo, I think, wanted the comfort zone of playing in Orlando, playing for... The guys who drafted him, essentially, and, and, and John Hammond and Jeff Waltman. Maurice Spates, too, mentioned this this homecoming feeling. Spates grew up in St. Petersburg. He went to the University of Florida. He grew up as a Magic fan, and it just felt like home. And he, said, he even said, it will be very emotional for me to put on the Magic jersey for the first time. It's, it was a very good nostalgic week in Orlando sports. It was a good week. I, I, was, I, I, I can't deny it. And that kind of stuff sells stories. I wrote essentially two stories about it. About how Aaron Aflalo was all smiles coming home. How Maurice Spates, you know, is living out his dream. And I'm sure you could go to, like, the mainland and, and read about Dom Dwyer's return in, in such glowing, nostalgic terms like that, too. But reality does tend to set in quickly. 
as good as Dom Dwyer is, and he is an MLS All-Star and one of the best goal scorers in the league, he is something that Orlando City needed desperately. They needed more goal scoring. I think uh, I looked it up today, entering Sunday's games at least, Orlando City had the third fewest goals scored in MLS. And this is a team in Orlando City that is struggling. They've only won two two games in their last 14. Two wins in their last 14 matches. They've gone from one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in the first month of the season to outside the playoffs right now. This is a team that needed some change to begin taking a step forward, to begin taking the leap that the franchise wants. Because in Orlando City's example, this is their third year in MLS, and they've not made the playoffs yet. They know that pressure to make the playoffs is growing. Kaká's probably not going to stay at Orlando City much longer. And the rumors about Kyle Lahren, the other goal scorer, has pretty much scored every goal for Orlando City this year. The rumors that Kyle Lahren is going to get an offer that MLS and Orlando City simply cannot refuse are only growing. And so, the pressure is very real for Dom Dwyer to make an impact and get Orlando City to the playoffs. Now, Orlando City fans are a little bit of a different breed, so I don't think they'll turn on Dom Dwyer at all. But I do have to wonder whether the pressure of winning, whether the pressure of making the playoffs, which is part and parcel to the game, will begin to change the homecoming narrative. The homecoming narrative sells copy when you get get there. But ultimately, results are what matters. Let me give a Magic example. In 2011, the Orlando Magic were kind of struggling, kind of muddying along, uh, trying to keep up with the Miami Heat, to be frank. Now, they had just acquired LeBron James. They were doing okay, but there were some problems bubbling beneath the surface. And so in December 2010, the Orlando Magic traded uh, Vince Carter... Marcin Gortat and Michael Petras to the Phoenix Suns for Jason Richardson and the return of Hito Turkoglu. Turkoglu's first game back and first game back with the Magic and really that first run with the Magic had this wave of nostalgia. It felt good to have Turkoglu back. It felt like the Magic could rekindle what worked so well in 2009. That of course was not the case. Quickly, the team kind of fell into a little bit of a malaise. They had that nine-game winning streak right after the trade. But things didn't really work out. In that first stint back, 56 games in the 2011 season, Turkoglu averaged 11.4 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, shot 44.8% from the floor and 40.4% from beyond the arc. It, it started to look like things were back to normal with Turkoglu. His last year, but it wasn't quite the same as 2009. Averaged 16.8 points per game in 2009. 4.9 assists per game. 2012, the deterioration seemed to continue. 10.9 points per game. 41.5% shooting. 35.3% from beyond the arc. And then, of course, he broke his hand in 2013 and was his career was essentially done. Orlando... Never really turned on Hito Turkoglu. I don't want to say they turned on him. 
But that homecoming was viewed as a disappointment. Frankly, I view it as a mistake. Magic fans can disagree that maybe they should have kept Turkaloo after the 2009 season. I would argue I think they made the right move. They sold high on him. He never again reached the heights of that 2009 season. In fact, the most most points per game he averaged in a season after 2009 was 11.3 with the Toronto Raptors the following year. So these things don't always have that storybook ending. I remember people talked about bringing Dwight Howard home. And I would tell them, it's not going to be the same. A, that Dwight Howard, the Dwight Howard now is not the Dwight Howard then. He's not the same player. And B, there's a lot of baggage involved in it. Not so much with Turkaloo, not so much with the follow, not so much with, with, with Dwyer. So, when it comes to these homecomings, it feels great. It feels good to welcome people back who want to be there. And it's great for the Magic that a player like Aaron Aflalo, who probably could have gotten more than the minimum, decided, no, I will sacrifice something to be in Orlando. This is where I want to be. That's a good sign for the Magic as an organization. And I think for Aflalo especially, we kind of come into the the deal knowing he's not going to be the player he was the first time in Orlando. He's being asked to do something different. He's asked to play a different role. At the same time, I remember Aflalo when he was traded originally, and there were some Magic fans celebrating him. There are people who were kind of over his game a little bit. And that's not entirely his fault. Not entirely anyone's fault because he was put in a role that he probably couldn't perform at a high level. Not for his team to win, at least. But the caution with these homecomings is it feels good and nostalgia can make the past look really nice. But the reality is these are moves, both Orlando City and the Magic, to make their teams better now. And whether they're successful or not, it doesn't matter about these stories. They're nice. They they make good copy. They, 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 they are natural stories that we want to tell. But what matters ultimately is the results. Dom Dwyer's time with, with Orlando City is going to be judged on whether he can get the te- whether he can help get the team to the playoffs this year. It may not erase the fans' love for him. It probably won't because he is he is an Orlando City legend. He is, I think, on the board of with the with the Iron Lion firm up up on the wall. But. Results ultimately matter. This is a results-driven business. And both Orlando City and the Magic are looking to break playoffs droughts. They're trying to get to the playoffs. They're trying to win games. They're trying to sell to the crowd. And not all everything goes on these guys. But the homecoming story becomes very stale if the team is losing. Nobody cares where you came from if the team is losing. It's a nice story when you win. It's a nice story when you get here. And that's where we leave homecoming week. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, I am going on vacation this week, so I'm hoping to do an Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live and use that as Tuesday's podcast tomorrow. 
We'll be going live on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page at about, probably about 5 p.m. I'll post links up on the Locked On Magic Twitter account as well as the Orlando Magic Daily Twitter account. Uh, so be sure a, to like Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook. You can search us at Orlando Magic Daily uh, and, and check us out there. I'll post the post the audio of it on the podcast feed as well. If anything breaks while I'm on vacation, I'll be sure to come out with a quick podcast just discussing it. Um, again, I think I'm pretty safe here early August to take some time off. Schedule won't be out for a little while anyway, uh, for a few weeks anyway, but We'll get to all of that uh, in, in a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to be off for most of this week, so just be aware of that and uh, on your podcast schedules. Um, you can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. While there won't be podcasts this week, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And be sure to give us a, a review on iTunes especially. Helps us climb the rankings so we can beat that dastardly Disney podcast. We see a Disney podcast. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You'll see our mailbag there, a great article from Darway Chen on Frank Vogel uh, and his second year with the Indiana Pacers and how the team improved. You can also check out a great column over the weekend from Ricky Skrika on uh, how Jeff Weltman's summer has set the magic up very well for the future. We'll talk about those uh, on future episodes, I am sure. Remember, 5 o'clock on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page for an Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live that will serve as Tuesday's episode of Locked on Magic. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.